2: We receive a small percentage of however much you pay for whatever you bought. Nothing extra for you, but a tangible contribution, if small, for us. You could also sign up for a free trial with the voluminous audible.com. We get something out of that, too. We thank you for the support and allowing us to continue presenting Krishnadasa's excellent talks.
1: Hi, everyone. I'm Raghu Marcus from the MindPod Network, and I have the pleasure of introducing this new episode from Krishna Das Pilgrim Heart Podcasts. And uh, we put actually some great uh, stories together that he told at our. We run uh, these retreats with Ram Das. Some of you out there know that, some of you may not. But uh, we go out every year and have these wonderful. Retreats with Ramdas and Krishnadas and other friends that we invite, like Jack Cornfield and Sharon Salzberg and Roshi Joan Halifax, uh, and there's one coming up. Actually, might as well do a little commercial here. It's coming up April 29th, at uh, and you just go to ramdas.org and you will navigate to the retreat. So there's some stories here from Krishnadas that are uh, very, very sweet and very um very telling in terms of how he came to really have chant as his main practice and uh, and uh and some of the trials and tribulations that he went through uh, he it's very connective as as Krishna Das always is and in one part of this uh you're going to hear me because uh and this is a funny little bit of a story but uh, Krishnas, in a lot of his uh, kirtans, he'll occasionally talk about what he calls this Canadian guy, came to see Neem Karoli Baba, Maharaji, and asked him how to meditate. And then ensues a whole story of that particular encounter I had with Maharaji, which he was part of. He was sitting two people away from me. And, uh, but he always tells the story wrong. And I'm always trying to correct him. So one time at uh, this particular retreat where this comes from, I was uh, standing just off to the left of him uh, by the stage, and he noticed me, and he said, All right, you tell the story now, so at least you'll, you'll feel like you really got it straight to people. So happily, I did tell the story, and it's about uh, after being there just a few days Asking uh, Maharaji for a mantra or how to meditate, uh, because I figured I was in India and that's what you should do. So it's a it's a wonderful little story, and I'm so happy that I got it in there, because he always tells it wrong. Um, And there's some the stuff around our hanging out with uh, Maharaji, who we call Maharaji Nimkaroli Baba, uh, is is exquisite. I mean, we were so young, you know, in our early 20s. Some of you listening out there, you know, you're in that age group now. And if you can imagine being over there with uh, a being like this. And uh, and by the way, these stories aren't designed to uh, encourage anyone to fly off to India to find somebody like this. Of course, you can't find them. They find you. But uh, as we've learned over the years... Uh, all of this is absolutely available, no matter where you are, and uh, at the same time, they're inspirational. I feel these stories, and they they really point out stuff that we all have uh, stuff around. I mean, people ask me, "Well, you know, I'm a little bit cynical of all this miracle stuff that you guys talk about and all that," but uh, the truth is we were no less cynical or no less ignorant or no, that's a terrible thing to say, Uh, but that's what I was at the time. I knew nothing. I hadn't the slightest idea about anything. And uh, I obviously needed to go there to get clobbered over the head so that I could understand uh, that there is a way to be happy, that there is a a place, a vantage point that wasn't my mind and wasn't my ego. And he tells, so he tells some great stories here, Krishnas. Uh, And um, we're going to let this run. And and I do have to say one thing, though. Uh, Thanks for everybody for supporting. And as you heard in the uh, beginning a little bumper that we call we, this is all listener supported and we depend on, on you for donations. Go to mindpodnetwork.com slash slash Krishna Das. And, uh, you will find his page and you can donate right there or you can, uh, bookmark the old Amazon page. And, uh, there's, uh, obviously that's a, a great way to do it because, uh, it's just they are the ones that give us a little tiny percentage. So that's uh, uh, another way to support. Audible.com is another way, which you can find up there on the site as well. And um, to no further adieu, here is Krishnadas Pilgrim Heart, and these are the Open Your Heart in Paradise sessions.
3: I used to stand out in the hot sun hours. Maharaji be in his little, we called it his office. This <laughs> is a small little room. Sometimes he'd open the windows, sometimes he'd close the windows, but we'd stand out there and sing. If we stopped he'd open them and go, David can then go back? we We have to keep singing for hours and hours. Like, ah. We only started singing because he liked it, you know. We weren't doing it as spiritual practice. He liked it. We wanted to be with him, and we thought if we did it and he liked it, then he would ask us to come sing, and we could spend time with him, and it worked. (laughs) We tricked him. And now, in Kenchi, there's a Samadhi temple to him with the Murti of Maharaji. And it's built right on the spot where the Westerners used to stand. And sing there. Yeah, you know... I don't even know if I'd be singing, but what happened was that at the end of one of the rainy seasons, you know, he used to have these kirtan coming up from the Vrindavan, these Bengali guys, and they would sing Hare Krishna from early in the morning till late at night. And we used to sing with them, uh, but as soon as Maharaji came out of his room, we would run to be with him. So, just towards the end of the season, really, uh, one of these Bengali guys kind of came on to one of the Western women. <clears throat> and this was a no-no. And Maharaji found out about it. And all 20 of these guys, in 10 minutes, they were loaded on the back of a truck with all their stuff, sent down to the train and sent home to, Bryn- to Brindaman. That's nice. Anyway, okay. Hello. So uh, one of the Indian people said to him, Baba, you just sent the kirtan guys home. Who's gonna sing now? (laughs) The Westerners. Oh, no. (laughs) This was not good news, you see. Because we used to have to sing for a long time. We had one instruction, sing. There was nothing about stopping. So we would sing hours and hours and hours and hours. All day long, late into the night, and then the word would come. Okay, Maharaj said, you can go to sleep now. Great. <laughs> so there would be, you know, we had maybe, there was a harmonium or something, a couple of drums, simple drumming. And we'd just be singing Hare Krishna for hours and hours and hours. It was horrible. <laughs> Nothing to distract us. There's no nowhere to go. You can't change the channel. And worse than that, hanging from the ceiling was this old microphone from World War One. <laughs> that they hung down from, the, and it broadcast our 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 caterwauling to the whole valley. <laughs> These poor people in the valley, you know, oh, trying to plant their potatoes, and was, ah. ah. And, you know, so we'd sing, I'd be singing, you know, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Hare Hare, bored out of my mind. What's going on here? Be quiet. It's that sound of sura. So, you know, when, as soon as you ask your mind to pay attention, it says, what are you talking about? I am not going to do that. And it starts remembering everything. You start reliving your life from the front to the middle, from the back to the end, up and down, all around. So there I was, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, thinking about my whole life, what I've been doing. And I remember my old girlfriend back in the States. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. You know? And I'm doing that for a while until that one got old. And then I remembered she broke up with me. Hare Krishna. You have to keep singing, so whatever you're feeling, Hare Krishna. So there we were, prisoners of Hare Krishna. There's a T-shirt. But after a while, you know, because he he forced us to, we actually had to, we did this practice, and we had to do it for long periods of time. And guess what? Something actually began to happen. Uh, who knew, right? We sang because he liked it. We weren't looking to get anything out of it. And all of a sudden, something started to shift inside of us. And, um, you know, after a while, your mind just says, okay, the hell with it. I'll pay a little attention. And then all there is is Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. Then a thought would come, you know. And Hare Krishna would still be going on, and the thought would come, and it would go. And I would go, wow. I wasn't thinking that thought, was I? And it would come, and it would go. Hare Mm -hmm. Krishna. It was like there was this big sky, right? A big space. And the mantra was going on, and the thoughts would float through, and I would kind of float along with them for a minute. But the mantra got so sticky and so sweet that I just wanted to stay with it. And the thoughts would come and go. And after a while, the thoughts hardly noticed them. And it's just the chant kept getting deeper and deeper. And this was the first time that I had any clue that, that how this thing worked, you know. And it was only because he forced us to sing, you know. And uh, if, if we had just done our regular thing, it was just okay. But then this happened, and boom. So it was really a blessing, even though we didn't get to see him much for that period of time. And, you know, we used to take our bathroom break, you know. We had to, eventually you had to pee. So you get up and you go out of this room and you walk this way and then around the courtyard where he was sitting. And you're looking this way at the door to the back of the temple where you're going to go pee. But you're kind of moving this way. You're walking, pretending you're going this way. But you- and then there you are, right in front of him, and you try to sit down, jow, go. So you try it on the way back, never worked. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. One day he looked at me. So one day, uh, actually in Brindavan after that, uh, he had uh, one of the friends was with us, knew the Iskan people who had just come to India for the first, around this time, and they were in Brindavan, so they got invited to come over and sing. And, They came with all their drums and everything, you know, and bangers and clangers, and they sang for a while. Maharaji loved it, and they left, and he looks at me, and he reaches into his dhoti, and he pulls out 50 rupees. He said, go buy a drum. (laughs) Because we used to stand there like this, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. You know, we didn't have any instruments, so go buy a drum. So we bought a drum, and then we were banging on the drum. And here we are today. That's what I'm trying (laughs) to tell you, you see? (laughs) One mistake leads to another. (laughs) And then I got to India, right? Okay, I got to India, and there I am sitting in a Hanuman temple, high in the Himalayas with my guru, little Hindu guy wrapped up in a blanket. And he looks at us and he says, Hanuman and Christ are the same. Terrific. <laughs> Just what I wanted to hear. That's why I came 10,000 miles, I guess. And we wanted to be Indian. India was where it was happening. So, But he talked about Jesus a lot to us. You know, kind of at first we thought, okay, it's, it's kind of the, the local religion where we're from, the big time religion, so he was just trying to be nice, you know. But it wasn't that at all. He spoke about him with such sweetness and depth of emotion that it was really shocking. We, were, we weren't ready for that. Okay, where is he? Ragu. Got the mic? I always tell the story wrong, and every time he hears it, he calls me up and tells me. I saw it, told it wrong. So let him tell it. I like my way anyway. <laughs> now, first, let me tell you, as you know from, from Ram Ramdas and the way we're talking about Maharaji that he didn't give formal teachings. But you, you could see the way he interacted with people. He was always teaching every moment. But he didn't give formal teachings. He didn't write books. He didn't give lectures. He didn't initiate people. He just shined like the sun. And uh, we sunbathed. That's what we did. But we
1: didn't know that, especially at the beginning. So I had been there not more than three days. So I thought, well, I'm all the way over here, got my guru. I should get a mantra. So I said, Maharaji, uh, can you show me how to meditate, figuring he'd just give me a because we knew he was doing ram, ram, ram. So I oh, thought, be easy, you'll give me ram, ram, I'll go home. Because <laughs> I thought we, we were only gonna be there for a few days anyhow, that's why I wanted So he looked at me and said, meditate like Christ. He, he, when he was crucified, he felt love, not pain. That's what he said. So I was completely in shock. It was just Krishnadas and I and Ramesh and a couple of other people. Ramdas wasn't there. And the next day, Ramdas showed up. And I told him, you know, I asked him to meditate, how to meditate. he said, meditate like Christ. And he was nailed to the cross. He felt love, no pain. Maybe you could talk to him. Do you have a little bit more of a conversation with him? <laughs> With him going than I did. And you asked him how did Christ meditate? So he said, okay. So we went back the next day, literally, Ramdas, me, Krishnas, Ramesh, who's here, and two other people. And Ramdas said, You told us to meditate like Christ. How did Christ meditate? So suddenly he sat back and he closed his eyes and we were just waiting what he was going to say and then suddenly tears came from his eyes he started crying and we if you've ever you know if you remember being a child and your parents cried and you had no idea why they were doing it so we were pretty stunned and then he over and over and over he kept saying he never died you don't understand he never died over and over he said he was lost in love with every sentient being he never died. He never died. I remember he just kept saying that over and over. We were overwhelmed in that moment with Christ. I mean, it became, it was darshan of Christ in that moment. And yeah, he just kept saying he was lost in love. And uh, and he said he, he died for everyone in that moment. So... And that was it. And maybe one other major time I can remember, he talked about Christ. And It was actually, maybe you can help me, it was when he was telling Ram Ramdas said we're, we're not pure enough to, uh, we're not pure enough. And Ram Dass was just saying we're just not pure enough. And Maharaji said no, you're pure, pure enough. You work in the kitchen, don't you? We let you peel potatoes, remember? <laughs> and he said, like Christ, that, that same blood runs through all of our veins. And in that moment also is a very big moment around Christ.
3: Whenever we used to sing with Maharaji, to Maharaji, he would never let us stop. There was a Hare Krishna that had a low part and a high part, right? Once we went to the high part, he would never let us come back to the low part. We would kind of stop and go, "Hey!" But we have to keep singing the high part for hours and hours. You know, for somebody like that, when they hear the name, they experience the whole universe. You know, they experience what they say that the name is, They say the name and what is named are not different. God and his or her name is not different things. But because we are identified with our minds and our emotions and our bodies, when we say it or think it, we don't get the full experience. Which is why he used to say, go on sing your lying ram ram. One of these days you'll get it right. Once. That's all it takes. One moment of wholehearted, full Ram. But that comes, that's a ripening of our karmas. You know, we can't do it with will, only with will. The will directs us and reminds us to To Remember. but all we're doing is opening to that grace, allow that to flow into us. And for that to happen, the more we're out of the way, the more it flows. So you can't will yourself out of the way. Okay, I'm gonna get out of the way now. I'm out of the way. So, but we can remember. We remember. Over and over again, we remember. One of these days, we'll remember just what it is we're trying to remember. One time, somebody said something to him about suffering, and he said, this is the kingdom of love. This is the kingdom of love. So, <clears throat> Since uh, this is the last evening of the retreat, just a few words about going back to planet Earth. like a true junkie (laughs) well unfortunately or fortunately we all have to re-enter and uh, I want to guarantee you one thing you're going to crash (laughs) I'm sorry it's just inevitable you're gonna crash, but don't worry. You'll, you'll, you'll surface again. <laughs> um, I'll tell you a funny story. Uh, in 1984, I went back to India. I'm resting my arm, this is called. In 1984, I went back to India after um, about a year after uh <clears throat> is this going out to the whole world <laughs> i don't want my mother to hear this she's knows everything already anyway. okay so this is about a year after i stopped uh, i i stopped uh, my addiction to cocaine yeah, it was about a year after i stopped doing that to myself and um of course, I had a lot of help stopping. Uh, Mr. Tiwari, my Indian father, came to America. And without, I don't know, nobody told him anything as far as I know. He just took one look in and he said, promise me now you will stop cocaine. Now, promise me now. Okay. I'll stop. And that was it. I don't know if any of you don't raise your hands, please.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> but if by some chance some of you might have ever tried that particular chemical, it's not so easy to stop that. And I've been strung out for about a year and a half. So about a year now has gone by, and I'm clean, but I'm just a wreck. And I go back to India, and I, I figure... They'll give me my room in the temple, I'll close the door and I'll sleep for for two months, you know. But I get there and it's Durga Puja time. And, as you know, I was the pujari for the Durga temple in Kenji. Maharaji made me the pujari because all the other pujaris were stealing the money from the donation box. And when the temple trust said to him, Baba, we can't find a priest that won't steal. He said, my priest won't steal. Who's your priest, Krishnadas. <laughs> Don't ask. Anyway, so then I I was the puja area of the temple. So the priest. So anyhow, so when I came, everybody got so happy. Krishnadas is here. It's Durga Puja time. They invited me to come and sit in the puja every day and you know making all the offerings into the fire. Swaha, swaha. I want to go home. <laughs> And all, everybody's so happy, and I'm going Swah, I gotta get out of here. But there was no relief for the wicked. And I had it every day, sitting in front of this hot fire. I hadn't sat cross-legged in years, and there I am on the ground, swaha! This hot fire—you can't eat until nighttime. It was just unbearable. I was freaking out of my mind. So then, um, about. Halfway into it every day. There's a a, there's a a puja in the morning and then a break and then in the afternoon another two or three hour puja Then it's over for the day. Then you take your meals So in the break though everybody comes up from the back of the temple And they come up to Maharaji's tucket to his where he sat and they do RT like we did this morning They sing one of those songs and wave lights So this particular day, like all days, I just kind of stood on the side like this and watched the Arctic go on, you know. Like this. And then everybody finished, they finished and everybody bowed down to the tucket and then went to take rest. Well, this old lady, very old lady, she bowed down, put her head on the tucket and she didn't get up, right? She went stiff. She went into samadhi. And she was just, with her head down on the tucket. everybody was gone, and I'm looking at this, and you know, it was like a spear through my heart. I said to my, these people are living in his presence. He's real to them. He's alive to them. And I felt even worse. I didn't think you could feel worse, but I felt worse. It was like a shock. It was such a, a shock. And I kind of staggered over to the Devi temple where I used to sit, and I just sat down. And uh, I was just like this. So Siddhi Ma, who was Maharaji's great devotee, noticed saw me through the window. She sent somebody to get me. So this woman comes out of the back entrance into Maharaji's rooms, right? And she says, Siddhima calling. And I thought, why don't they just leave me alone and let me die? I can't, I don't want, you know, but they love you too much. You just can't say no. You know, so I got up and I walked in the back of the courtyard <clears throat> and through the courtyard and into the room where Siddhima was sitting. And when I walked into that room, I was hit by a lightning bolt right here. And I fell down on the ground, crying uncontrollably. And in that second that I got hit with that thunderbolt, I saw every minute of my life, every second of my life, from the moment that I heard that he had left the body, I was actually in the car on the way to Ramdas's. We were all getting together at his place up in his father's place in New Hampshire. I saw every second from that moment until that moment. I saw everything I had done to myself and to everybody else in my life. I saw everything, but I saw it from a perfectly clear place, right? Totally clear. I saw it. I understood why I did it. It was like, like the frames of a movie, you know? Every single second in the blink of an eye. And I saw that I had built a wall around my heart. And I would not let myself feel anything. I wouldn't let myself feel Maharaji. I wouldn't let myself feel any love. Just I was just locked it up and just surrounded it with a huge wall, right? But I also saw that every brick on the wall had like a neon sign on it, you know, a neon flashing. Greed, greed, anger, anger, shame, shame, guilt. They were all going off like this. And it was like, and I saw this is my stuff. You know, this is my stuff. And I also, at the, this is all like this, right? And I saw Maharaji was everywhere. He was on the wall, in the wall, over the wall, everywhere. That he, had, that he had never left me. But I had closed myself off for him. And then I saw that I could take this wall down. But I had to look at the stuff. I couldn't pretend it didn't exist. If I looked at the stuff it would start to go away and I was in total absolute bliss. I can't tell you what it felt like. It was unbelievable. Every breath I took was like the whole universe was making love with me in and out and I was like, I was like this. And I was crying. And I kept looking at Ma. She was just sitting there. She didn't say anything. Didn't move, didn't say anything. And I thought, she must think I'm crazy. I have to stop crying. But I made it only made worse. Finally, somebody knocks on the door and says, the puja is starting. Krishna Das, we are waiting for you. (laughs) Two hours went by. I have no idea where they went. So I, I had to go. I got up. And I'm walking, and I'm crying. I'm walking. I'm going to sit down, swaaah, I'm crying. The guy next, the Indian guy next to me, Indra Babu, he sponsoring the puja. He's very, very nice, very proper. He kept looking over at me and seeing me tears pouring on my eyes. Finally, he says, Krishna Das, are you all right? Has someone died? He goes, swaaah, swaaah. Finally, he kind of, you know, Indians aren't big huggers. They, you know, they do this. He kind of reached around very, and he just went. (laughs) Petted me on the back, you know. So, but I was in ecstasy. I mean, I didn't even know, I didn't know what that word meant before this moment. It was unbelievable. And days went by, and I was still walking around like this. And, uh. One one lady, a devotee of Maharaji, she was an extraordinary woman. Her name was Mrs. Sony. She came up to me. I was walking across the courtyard. And she said, Krishna Das, are you alright? And I tried to speak, I tried to say something. I said, Maharaji. And she was standing in front of me and she had these big eyes, you know? And they just went up like, you know, like a slot machine. They went boing. And she stood in front of me like like this, and finally she kind of came down, and she looked at me and she goes, exactly, (laughs) and floated away. (laughs) So, so, now every once in a while I'd noticed that the the volume or the intensity of the bliss would start to come down a little bit. So I discovered that if I breathed in my heart, (sighs) like this they would come back up and i think how compassionate is the lord he gives the bliss and the way to keep the bliss how wonderful life you know just this is like this but that was fine for a few days then one day i woke up dead meat absolutely dead meat. Nothing. I jumped up in bed and I started going (gasps) 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 I almost killed myself trying to breathe and nothing was happening. Totally gone. Absolutely dead. Nothing. Like dog meat. The worst. And I flipped out completely. I ran up to the roof. There's a big building in the back of the temple. Now it has a roof over it but it used to just be a big flat concrete roof it's about maybe 150 feet long and i was and you got to understand the temples in this little valley with the river and the mountains and the sun and the sky you know and i'm going running back and forth on this roof screaming at maharaji at the top of my lungs if you're going to close me up don't open me leave me alone and i'm screaming at the top of my lungs back and forth on this roof Finally, Siddhima sent that woman again to get me. She came and she looked at me. She said, Siddhima calling, and she ran away. (laughs) So I said, good, because I'm going back home. I'm leaving this place, and I'm going to tell her that. So she had come up to the back of the temple, to the Tuaris bedroom where they were staying. And I stormed down to the door, you know? And I stood in the, in, the, in the doorway and I looked at her like this. She just looked at me and said a couple of things and everybody laughed. What did she say? And I was told, she said, I was like a little boy who'd been given a sweet and he gobbled it all up in one bite and he wants another sweet right away. but he can't have one right away. But he shouldn't worry, he'll have another sweet, don't worry, sometime. Oh, I'm gonna go lie down, okay? I'm uh, gonna go to my room, okay? I'm gonna lie down. I went into my room. I crashed. I slept for 24 hours and when I woke up I was normal. (laughs) But that changed my life, that moment. I don't know, it was like, boom, all right, let the kid live. Because I was dying. There was no possibility. I was on my way out this, couldn't handle it, gone, finished my heart had closed, you know, over the years. And I really felt that I had lost my energy completely. He didn't think he lost me, but I, like he always said, I'll never let go of your hand, even if you let go of mine and I let go, but he didn't let go of me. He doesn't let go. So when you go home and crash, just temporary emotional nonsense it'll pass you'll be fine don't try to hold on to the high or the memory in any kind of false way. what's real is with you always be with you you can't lose it you can't get it we already have it it's it's who we are so it's real love you don't fall in it and you don't fall out of it it's who we are So. In a couple of days, I'll probably get a headache with everybody thinking about me. Oh, this is what he meant. But yeah, but still, the real stuff that happens in a retreat like this is, you can't lose it. Even if we crash a little bit when we go home and everybody starts looking at us like, you know, we walk up to somebody in the store and go, hi. (laughs) Should I call the police? Because everybody here is looking at you like you're looking at them. It's all love. It's fine. We're here. When, you know, the people who are you know, packing your groceries don't care at all what you think. <laughs> but that doesn't mean you can't, like, you know, may you be safe, may you be happy, don't call the police, may you be kind. Of, We're sharing. I think we ought to include that in there.
2: <clears throat> anyway. Thank you for listening to the Krishnadas Pilgrim Heart Hour. We really appreciate your support and hope you'll continue that support by going to mindpodnetwork.com slash kd and clicking on the donate button or using our amazon.com portal for all of your purchases. Thank you. Namaste.